I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody pen. We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to if you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side of the phone. It is time to draw I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Because of comments that I've made about gardening and cooking during the week on social media, I was originally asked to step down from presenting my own podcast, but luckily I've come to an agreement with myself. And so once again, welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? It's complicated to work out the rules for what a BBC presenter could say about the world. Some people make the reasonable argument that they should always be neutral. So as Gary Lineker expressed compassion, he should have balanced it the next day by showing no compassion, maybe enrolling as a colonel in Putin's army. And that's how we keep sport away from politics. And the same should apply after one of those minute silences that they have at a football match when a famous ex-player has died. It should be followed by a minute of people screaming, I couldn't stand the bastard! So that there's no suspicion of bias. But Gary Lineker's workmates didn't agree with this. So there was the marvellous episode of Match of the Day with no words or music or anything that makes it Match of the Day. And then MPs such as John Redwood and people who agreed with the government told us, this Match of the Day is much better. Like MP Scott Benton who said it was marvellous because it finished early so he could go down the pub, which would make sense if watching Match of the Day was compulsory. If the army sent troops into every street to impose a curfew during Match of the Day and knocked on random doors testing everyone in the house, and if you couldn't repeat Alan Shearer's comments about Bournemouth's goalkeeper, then you were dragged through the streets behind a truck, it would be fair to celebrate our Match of the Day was shorter this week so you could go to the pub. You're already allowed to go to the pub. You don't have to watch Match of the Day. Similarly, I never watch Cruft's dog show. So one year, maybe all the dogs will refuse to take part because one of them's rescued an asylum seeker from the sea and he's told he can't enter the competition as this is too political. So all the other dogs come out in support of him. And then I'll declare, Cruft was so much better this year. Shortened to the point with no dogs or judges, leaving plenty of time for me to go and play Skittles. All television could improve like this. Reviewers can tell us, Antiques Roadshow is so much better now that they've got rid of the presenters. So we just watch a bloke standing in a church hall for 20 minutes holding his grandma's musical box and then he realises no one's coming so he goes home again, giving me plenty of time to nip out for a fag. At one point it looks as if the government was going to suggest a compromise of football focus being presented by Suella Braverman and she gasped, Nigel De Bruyne's pass was made with the precision of an Albanian trafficking gang's dinghy, landing exactly on the bit of beach in Folkestone where they avoid the Coast Guard. Every day they come, billions of them. But unfortunately, the header went over the bar. But instead, they and the BBC had to back down to Gary Lineker completely. Now, partly, this must be because their argument that BBC presenters shouldn't voice opinions on social issues makes no sense unless they insist all BBC presenters have to balance all the comments they've ever made. For example, Alan Sugar, who's written 
thousands of tweets telling his followers the Labour Party are rabid communists. So to even it up, he'd have to spend the next 20 years writing, let's hope all my businesses are taken over by an anarchist collective. And the apprentice chooses the candidate most capable of running a company on a strict non-profit basis. But blaming our problems on the people arriving on boats doesn't appear to be as popular as the government hoped. Millions of people have become frustrated at the way this country has been run this last few years and wonder what we can do about it. And it seems the most effective opposition is the traditional method of industrial action in which colleagues refuse to work in solidarity with their workmates. It's just that very few people believe the workforce that would use this most powerfully would be football pundits. This week, the Chancellor announced his budget and some of the measures seem to have upset a few people, especially this woman who I overheard in a cafe. Well, I heard Richard Maidley on Good Morning Britain talking about the budget and he said there was going to be free childcare for one and two-year-olds. So I mentioned it to the nanny and she was absolutely delighted because it turns out she has a couple of babies herself. I had no idea, but apparently she brings them here sometimes. I thought they were Amazon parcels, which is why I've been putting them in the cupboard. So I said to the nanny, you should apply for that money. And for some reason, she seemed to think it would go to her. But I said, no, you silly girl, you should give it to me, because if it wasn't for me employing you, you wouldn't need the childcare. So it's only fair that I should have the money. And she just started crying in Albanian. (laughs) And I'm applying for free childcare for Nectarine for when Colin and I go to Miranda and Jason's spring equinox party because although she's 15, the last time we left her on her own, she blew up the Victorian freestanding bath with Semtex, which she would do because she's so gifted and that means she gets bored. (laughs) And Colin needs to be clean because he's head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of the Rygate area. So now he has to go and see Tara from the spin class whenever he wants a bath. And now on top of everything else, I've just heard that wine is going up by 45 pence a bottle. So I said to the nanny, your people are all criminals, can't you traffic me in some Prosecco? And she said, chi you, chi you, which I expect means I'll try my best, but she hasn't come up with anything. That's the trouble with some people these days, it's just me, me, me. Excuse me, can you take this Manuka honey back, please? I ordered 800 plus, but this only tastes like 740. What the fuck is going on? Now, As anybody knows who has ever tried to work out what the fuck is going on, you need expert advice. Every week on this podcast, I say I am absolutely honoured to have this person with me. But to be honest, that's just showbiz bollocks. Usually I'm quite disappointed. But this week, I am truly, truly honoured. Genuinely, Mr. Jason Manford, King oh, of the North. Yes, that's what they call me <laughs> <laughs> in this uh, house. Uh, how brilliant to see you, sir. Lovely to see you as well. Very and nice. Very appetite to have you at the at the moment um, mm. because what this country needs more of is people yes. who are regularly on the on the telly mm. who sometimes tweet personal opinions about political issues. <laughs> All right, it's just been not something... something that's happened for hundreds of years. Yes, it's been something in the news or something. <laughs> uh, I should tell people who listen to this podcast that very comedically, uh, Jason popped up online with the name Gary Lineker as his name on the yeah. uh, uh, Just sweet Gary Lineker. <laughs> uh, yeah, have you, ever, have you ever had anyone sort of say, oh, God, if you're going to carry on doing a quiz show, you can't bloody 
say that you um, um, support something vaguely human. Not re- not massively. I remember there was a thing years ago, and I was really angry about it at the time because we 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 got booked. They were doing a, a gig at Twickenham, a massive uh, help for heroes gig at Twickenham. All right. And and I've you know I've been out and performed for the troops. I've been to Camp Bastion and and done stuff like that. And um, you know I've got family who've been in the military and stuff. I'm also a, I'm also anti-war. Like you know I'm sort of on that cusp of like going well I'll, I'll support them, but I'm I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, also yeah, yeah. against it. You know of course. And we got and I remember doing a thing for the BBC actually. Um, the, the gig was now I think I think I had to do like five minutes and I was introducing like Tom Jones or somebody who's going to come on and have a little sing song. And so I said about the charity I said this is incredible that you're all here, but also what a travesty that we are all here. Like, why is a charity looking after, like, if you've got the money to send people to to fight for your country, that country should then look after you when you get back injured or, you know, or, or, or look after your family if you come, you know, if you come back dead. And uh, so I just said that, you know, I mean, it's, it's not my best joke. You know, what I mean? it was, it was, <laughs> but it was just a point that I had. I just wanted to make there, just to say yeah, that, yeah. and um, and they and they edited it out of the yeah. the live thing. And I get it, you know, it might have been a bit of a downer or something like that. But I was really annoyed at that 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 moment because I just thought to myself, that is a that's just a sensible point. Like, no, I'm I'm not surely I'm not saying anything that is even remotely controversial. Even if you're extreme left wing, extreme right wing. That you that's one of those points where surely you you agree on that people you Well know, you'd think so. I mean this, think so. this is the thing, isn't it? I mean it's sort of so controversial or political statement. Anything mm. could be a political statement, but if something looks as if it's anti establishment, it's more likely to be seen as a political statement. Yes, yes. So it's quite. a bit like when you're a bit like when you're sort of a kid and if you you, you can be round your you could be around your parents' house mm. or something, and there could be people talking about oh, about the most terrible things. All oh, these people on strike—they make me sick. Yeah. And look at all the foreigners coming over. Yeah. You could have an hour of that, and then if yeah, you say, yeah. "Well, I think we should be kinder to foreigners," don't start talking about politics. Yeah. It's dinner. <laughs> oh, but Uncle Fred, Uncle Fred said we should gun down everybody from Africa. You leave him alone. <laughs> Causing trouble. I know. Well, that's it. I think everything everything is a political comment, isn't it? Literally, you know, oh, the traffic was bad this morning uh, through to, you know, the kids have got too much homework. Or like every conversation you have could yeah, yeah, boil yeah. down to a political statement of, that, of sorts, is, you know. That is why the guy who reads the travel on Radio London has been suspended for saying that there's <laughs> for saying that and there's a two mile tailback today at the Hangar Lane Geratory <laughs> yeah. System. You yeah. are not allowed to make comments upon Britain's transport system. I think the problem is I, I actually can see it from both points of view. Like I understand how somebody who's you know, working 45, 50 hours a week, struggling and, uh, you know, and just barely getting through. I understand how they're looking at the papers or looking at the thing and are seeing people coming over from abroad on boats and are thinking, hang on a minute, but I, 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 there's not enough work for me or there's not enough things. Yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. Am I? I can see that. I can see how that would worry you. Um, and I can also see how you could go, Gary Lineker's on is a multimillionaire. They, these migrants don't affect his livelihood and his his world. So I can understand why people are annoyed. Um, 
at, at the point he was making. I can, you know, I don't agree with the people who are annoyed. I agree with Gary, but I can see from that point of view. I think for me, what was fascinating, I thought, was how certainly the right uh, are constantly going on about freedom of speech. People died for this, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And yet when this came along, that was taken off the table. The fact that Gary Lineker should be allowed to, you know, I get it as well. People message me, oh, stick to comedy, stick to politics, you know, don't don't get involved in politics, stick to being a comedian, entertainer. And you think, yeah, but nobody says that about any other job. Nobody goes, oh, stick to being a plumber, mate. You got no, you got no say in, uh, in what goes on in the House of yes, Parliament. Yes, if the plumber, if the plumber comes round, yeah, and goes, imagine uh, if go oh, fucking all this uh, climate change is a worry for me. To be honest, <laughs> shut up, shut, just fucking bleed the radiator. Yeah. You're not paid to fucking come here telling me about fucking Amazon rainforests. I'm ringing up. What's it called? Pimlico Plumber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's been suspended. And uh, then they asked Ian Wright to come round and yeah. take over. Uh, I know. Oh, just, yes. So, oh, God, I've got a whole load of things in my mind. First of all, you yes, reminded the, me the, actually of a, of, of, a, of a moment there, actually, where, uh, which, which still makes me sort of cringe and laugh. I had a moment where. Um, was he a plumber? He was definitely a tradesman, uh, and uh, he was in the house. I don't know if you ever had that thing, Matt, where because we essentially do fuck all during the day, um, and then like someone who's got a proper job comes to your house, and then you feel like you've got to like busy yourself and like, <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like look like you're doing stuff. I'm a man yeah. as well. I'm a man as well. Um, I've got a screwdriver. Like you, like, you know what you're yeah, doing. I had a bloke doing the decking round a couple of weeks ago, and I felt terrible sometimes when I was yeah. sat there doing fuck all. <laughs> exactly. I was doing Sporkle at one point. You know that website where you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember all the. Um, uh, oh, actually, it was quite handy because yes, we'll get onto that yeah. in a bit. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah. Know, so I had this I, moment I, where uh, he was. Um, he walked, I was in the room and I was sort of. I was doing some. Um, I think I was sorting something out for uh, live at the Apollo or my, my tour or something like that. And he sort of walked past and he's like a real nut, like a real mancuni. He went, "Hey, mate." I went, "Yeah." He went, um, "Is uh, is comedy art?" And I went, what? I went, whoa. I said, you know what? That is such an interesting question because, like, you know, the Arts Council don't count it as art, um, you know, but it is one of the biggest, uh, you know, it makes the most money out of a lot of the, the, the things that go on. Um, and, and also, I suppose art is an expression of a human creative skill, imagination, you know, uh, represent, you know, what, what does it represent? Your expression and form. Um, and it's how it makes somebody feel. You know, art is about how it, make, how it makes the viewer or the listener feel. So I, I, I think personally, yes, fundamentally, comedy is art. And he just looked at me and he went, no, is it art? Is, is comedy art? <laughs> I said, yeah, no, it's quite hard, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, you probably got, I'll tell you what, mate, what I can do, there's a philosophy course coming up and I can go online, I can book you into it. And, oh, uh, dear. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. Moment. It goes back to Freud. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll go up to Waterstones now and I'll get a, Freud talked about the joke and... Uh, Lenny Bruce. Oh, yeah. God. is it hard? Link? Is it hard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you've done you've done a number of uh, of quiz shows. I really um, 
I really like the one you did where people had to pick something that wasn't first and wasn't last. <laughs> yes, first and last. It was called. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had to. It was. Be- it was sold to me as um, if pointless. If pointless is one end of the spectrum, and family fortunes is the other end. Uh, we're in the middle. So that's what we're trying. They're trying to find the most popular. They're to find the least popular. We're the one uh, in the middle. And, oh, um, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've so got that's you now. sort of how, how it was uh, pitched. I got the yeah. jackpot on pointless the other this weekend. Did you? Yeah. What, just from home or? No. Like, were you actually on it? <laughs> I sat here. I sat here going, I've hey, fucking I've got, got the jackpot pointless this week. I've yeah. fucking Ulam Baton. No one yeah. else got it. Yeah, I, no, um, I, I, I win the chase like three days a week. So, <laughs> yeah, from, no, from home. Uh, no, forgive me for being. Oh, you're actually uh, on it. You're actually on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We run the with Shaq. I want we run catchphrase. The... That's it. That's the only one I've. Uh, Did you? I've done that. We yeah, got that's... the jackpot. I'd won it. I've been on it before and won it, mm. but this time, I tell you what, you, I, I think it is one of the nerviest things you can do. Oh, big time! If you're a little bit known to be on one of them things, because when I was on the chase, that I was just shitting myself because I thought, what if I just have the question comes up and you think, what if I have one of them moments and yeah, I sort yeah. of say that, oh, and I go, oh, blimey, and I say the president of America in 1926 <laughs> no, was Bruce yeah. Willis, or I say that the, <laughs> <laughs> the, mar- the marriage of Figaro was written by Oli Murs or something. You just have one of them things. You just your fucking brain goes and you go, oh. The capital of Rome is Ipswich. Oh, oh I shit! A, I remember doing um, capital of Rome. It's, it's, <laughs> I remember doing. Not what's it called? Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire? And it was oh, back right. when they they would, they would partner you with people. Like if you had a showbiz friend, you could go on with a showbiz yeah. friend. But if you didn't, like I don't really have many, so they just put you on. <laughs> they just put you on with somebody. So I was on with Amir Khan, you know the boxer. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know he's been punched in the head a lot. Mm. You know that's his job. So I imagine one of the first things to go when you get punched in the head a lot is general knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, so, well, that's why Mike Tyson yeah. never ever wins a game of trivial pursuit. Tyson Fury is nobody's phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um just yeah. tell him to accept Jesus into his heart. <laughs> it was a moment where and I, early on I thought, right, we'd better even this out because I I can in a quiz, I love a pub quiz, I go all the time with my dad, mm. and I and I can be a bit like boisterous and a bit sort of Dominant, so I just thought, right, let's step back. I don't want anyone to see the real Jason here. Let's just step back and make it a, a partnership. But there was a moment, I think, three or four questions in when they said, um, it was Chris Tarrant, and he said, uh, um, something along the lines is 16, uh, you know, 1666, um, Isaac Newton uh, discovered gravity. What fruit was he watching fall from the tree or something, you know, pear, that, but all that. And I, so I thought, well, everyone knows this one, so I'll just I'll step back and and and, and I said to Amir, "What do you reckon, mate?" And he said, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> and I said, "All right." So what what are you thinking? He said, well, "I just it was before I was born, really." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was before we were all born, mate. Even even Taron. <laughs> So yeah, that was Did you have to put him right? I, was, I just, you I, didn't I, I just st- let him do it no, and no, say tangerine. We steered towards the right what, one, Chris. <laughs> we steered into the right one, mate. It's funny thing. I think there's something about 
comedy and going back to your uh, discussion with your your plumbing mm. person that people are just amazed if you're a comic that you are not a total idiot <laughs> i think it's the sort of two things, it's testament yeah. to the low status that comedy still has in this country yeah. you know i do um uh, i I play the piano a bit. So I started doing it in the interval in these shows. I'll just go out and start playing some song. Mm. Oh, God, the other night I was in Maidstone. It was a lovely, they were a really lovely audience. And I sort of do it in the interval. And I start talking to people as they're coming in and stuff. I'm really, really enjoying it. And then we do a sing-along, you know, like Tom Jones. Me, <laughs> me and Tom are both like that. Yeah, like, yeah. We often discuss the old So, yeah, and, I, and we, we sing My Old Man's Follow the Van and stuff like that. And then, um, but I thought, Oh, they're not quite back in yet. I'll do another song. And I thought, oh, I can do House of the Rising Sun, which I'm fine. I can do a bluesy House of the Rising Sun on the piano. And I thought, I can sing that easy enough. And I just started singing in completely the wrong key. <laughs> and it was fucking awful, career-endingly yeah. awful. Yeah. That Anything Lineker tweets would be in the shade. I would be banned from television forever, and quite rightly so, if this would, if this ever got out. It was yeah. so bad. I feel, I've never felt so sorry for Kent before. Yeah. Oh, I think when you get... I remember doing... Um, I did Sweeney Todd. Um, uh, uh, Michael Ball was Sweeney Todd. Uh, and Imelda Staunton was was in it as well. And uh, I remember there was a. It's quite a hard thing because obviously it's Sondheim, and there's a bit where I was playing Adolfo Pirelli, which is the Italian barber who sort of threatens Sweeney, and uh, dead by half eight. Best job in showbiz, and um, it, it, and it's you come on, you sing your big number, but like most songs, you get a little intro, and then one of those notes that the yes. pianist plays or whoever plays is your starting note. But because it's Sunday, yes. he likes to make things difficult. There is yes. no starting note, so you're just in this little tuk tuk, uh, just behind a little curtain, and then you've just got to literally come out, Aye! and that's just got to be the note, and you've just got to hope every night that you get the right note. Wow. And, like, I think uh, pretty much every time I, I got it, but I remember one night just for whatever reason uh, getting that ever so slightly wrong. And when the music came in, I was I, and I was correct until the music came in. Um, and yes. uh, I sort of started of off. Oh, and then the music came in. Oh, oh, I'm wrong here. And I remember looking down at Michael Ball, who was looking with his back to the audience, with his face in absolute like, oh, like I'd really, <laughs> like I'd really hurt him. Oh. <laughs> and, um, I got it really wrong. And then afterwards, I was at the bar with a few uh, friends who'd been to see it, and I was waiting for like people like to go. Oh gosh, you know, that went a bit. Up. And what was funny was because people didn't quite know uh, the show or, or no song, they were like. They went, oh gosh, that's typical Sondheim, isn't it? To um, <laughs> to make you sing in a, a slightly different key to what was. I was going, yeah, that was Sondheim's fault, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> yes, that was his, his jazz period. He's, that's that's Stephen for you. <laughs> that's it's hard, isn't it? I didn't realise the other day how hard it is to hit the right note. Because I think singing is like stand-up in this regard. Yes, rhythm it, and... Everybody yeah. thinks they can do it. And that, yeah. It yeah. just, oh, it's simple that everyone can do it. Everyone, yeah. That's why everyone has sung karaoke yeah. and almost everyone is shit at it. There is <laughs> almost everyone. 
You're so vain. I bet they think this song is about you. It's so bad. And yet, it look, everybody, they've sung it when they're in the car driving, they've yeah, sung along yeah. with the record. But it's suddenly, or it's in a different key to the one they're expecting, and suddenly they, oh shit, I can't get that high. And I was amongst those idiots. <laughs> so I'm sorry if anyone's listening from Maidstone. It won't happen again. I will stick to my old man said, follow the van. <laughs> uh, Jason, it's been absolutely marvellous having pleasure. you uh, on here. Uh, there's so many. Oh god, we, I could honestly talk to you for so many hours, same, but you've same. got uh, you've got questions to ask people. Oh well, one thing I was going to say: Do you think if you were doing a quiz mm. and they said no, you can't carry on doing it because you've you know I know you've spoken out mm. very brilliantly about uh, supporting nurses because your mum was a nurse. Mum's a nurse, yeah, yeah. Uh, Still and, a nurse, yeah. Uh, if they said right, no, no more. Que- what would I, who would you reckon would um, would be the Ian Wright and Alan Shearer and refuse to take who would your call position? Wibbles? Yeah, who would do you reckon Bradley Wall should be be on be on? No, on I side? don't think Bradley would. I think I think that's too much of a pension pot for that show for, for Brad. Um, I think you know, you've got to. I think if you've got to come, you you know you've got to go for it. I think um, I think somebody like um, like John Bishop. I think he'd be behind me. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 he'd be yeah, the no, first he be, one. Yeah. He'd be the first one to down tools. Uh, Milliken, I think Milliken the militant. I think she would. <laughs> yeah. she would be. Uh, she would be. I me. wonder whether the question people would refuse. You know, like the engineers and commenters, <laughs> where they back up. So the the quiz would end up like they just have to write their own questions quickly, and the quiz would be full of things like, "What's the weather like?" <laughs> yeah. The yeah. equivalent of match of the day the other night when there was no that commentators was so weird, or pundits. Wasn't it? I know everyone yeah. was waiting for the scab. <laughs> they were like, who's, who's doing this? And then it never happened. And it was weird. What's funny is, the, just as a last point, was the gloating the next day because there was 500,000 more viewers. Yeah, yeah. Um, as if that wasn't people going... What the fuck's this going to be like? <laughs> like, of course there's going to be more viewers because you've just changed something that's been on telly for 60 years or whatever and uh, fundamentally different. Of course there's going to be more, but the week after it wouldn't have been because we all saw it and went, oh, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all those people, all those sort of like Tory politicians going, oh, I thought it was better, actually. And one yeah. John Redwood, you could, was it him who went, oh, because it was quick, there were no of those annoying pundits and you could get down the pub. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's your Saturday night every fucking week, John fucking Redwood, isn't it? Oh, why does match of the day have to finish at quarter past 11 when I go down the pub for a game of darts? Let's see if we get taken off for that. Jason Manford. All right, Mark. So close to finding out what the fuck is going on. Thank you very, very much. All right, take care. Oh, what the fuck is going on? As you know, we love to express a wide range of views on this podcast, and so we're very lucky to have with us once again the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right, with us next we've got Brian James. He's promoting a scheme to bring art to deprived youth of the community. Oh, sweet Jesus, here we go. What's this all about, Brian? Well, the first thing, Mike, we have to think of art not as something locked in a frame, but as a way right. of looking at the world around us. A beautiful tree can be a work of art, or maybe you get some of them young herbits and chuck them off the tree. I'll pay to see that. <laughs> Well, Mike, it's fascinating that many of these young Herberts, as you describe them, once you enthuse them with the idea of art, they absorb it and they run away with it. Oh, they nick it, you mean. (laughs) I bet they're good at that. But if the police try to arrest them for stealing the idea of art, they have to let them off with a slap wrist, am I right? 
Mike, let me give you an example. One of our groups in a very deprived area of Tottenham made this wonderful installation using a box of coat hangers. I bet they used them to nick cars, did they? And then set them on fire and you put the burning vehicle in the National Gallery and called it art. Oh, Mike, you really do have to rethink your whole ideas. Rethink? I'm not being told to rethink by you. You're a paedophile. Sorry? You heard. You're a paedophile. Mike, (laughs) that is outrageous. What on earth are you talking about? You You admitted it. Here it is in black and white, a quote from you last year. I voted Remain and think it's a shame we've lost some of the benefits to art we gained from being part of the EU. Mike, voting Remain doesn't make you a paedophile. Yes, it does. See you, Brian. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder beer's gone up ten pence a pint. Here's John Redwood with Match of the Day. Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you wonderful people that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. And we're nearly there. If you'd like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant sorts for as little as £2 a month, please follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com. www.patreon.com. That was me saying the whole thing twice. Don't think that that's how it goes and type in what the F is going on or to really really discover the dirty details of what's going on for just £4 a month you will get a longer ad free version of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches this week there's Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chiseler's Perpendicular with another remarkable revelation about Her Late Majesty and you'll get discounts on live shows details of which are coming up in a moment also you'll get the episodes on Friday nights unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday mornings crawling round the floor taking antidepressants banging their heads against the wall breaking out into sweat screaming unimaginable terror waking up the neighbours so go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community it is the moment of the week podcastees when you hear the announcements that the announcements that make all of our lives worthwhile that are just growing and growing so that if you get on a train we're now already reaching the point I think when on most uh, railway systems the announcements last longer than the journey between each stop so uh, you, you the, the train leaves one stop station and uh, the announcements start. Please make sure to uh, uh, report anybody who looks in any way different from everybody else. Um, please make sure that if there is an unidentified speck of dust that you report that, that you ring the army and we will come round. If it is muddy, please be careful as this may involve mud being involved in your day, which in certain circumstances could involve you slipping up on the mud and going through a time vortex and landing in the mud of Passchendaele in 1916, which could be dangerous, and on and fucking on. And then the announcements haven't stopped. And that's going to come soon. Then you'll get to the next station and the announcements won't have finished. So you'll have to wait seven minutes for them to finish the bloody announcements before you start off again on the next one. Right, I'm not going to do that. 
But I am going to announce this. On Sunday, the 19th of March, there will be a live show, a live recording, in fact, of what the fuck is going on at Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, we can now gloriously announce that Mr. Sean Walsh, friend of the podcast, will be uh, a guest. And uh, so will the very marvellous Angela Barnes. And we do various voices and silly things that we do. Uh, so uh, that will be at the Leicester Square Theatre on Sunday night. So it means going into town on an extra day. If you work in town and you're sick of commuting, then this is an opportunity to go an, uh, an extra day <laughs> and suffer an extra. It won't be, though. You'll enjoy it because the train will be a little bit less packed than it is on the days when you have to go into work. And that will um, you'll, you'll be rejuvenated and you'll learn to love the... Uh, that you'll, you'll learn to love the late train back before it gets cancelled that takes you back to wherever you're going. Oh, I'm not selling this, am I? No, but it'll be brilliant. It'll be a brilliant fun and a laugh and you can have a... There's a bar there. There's all sorts there. There's a fairground. If you get bored, you can go on a water. Um, so that's on the 19th. Uh, you might well have... This might well have already happened by the time you're listening to it. But... Go to www.lestersquaretheatre.com, www.lestersquaretheatre.com and get one of the tickets. You don't want to be one of them people who in years to come goes, I wasn't there on that historic night. Uh, there were lions. There was um, there were four ex-presidents of America who ended up having a mud wrestling contest. You don't know until you go whether that sort of thing's going to happen. Also, I've got uh, my own live shows, an evening and part of the next morning with Mark Steele, uh, which is what Jeremy Hardy, uh, bless him, always used to say I should call my shows because they go on too long. So uh, that's that's the reason it's called that. And all right, let me find some ones where the... Oh, right, yeah, Dundee. I wondered why this wasn't sold out. I think it's because it's been put out. I don't know who did this. Maybe the theatre, maybe some sabotage, which well done to you if it's very clever. They were putting it at the, it's been announced as sold out before they'd sold a single ticket. <laughs> so it's not sold out. There are There's a few left there for that one. That's on the 28th of March. Come to Dundee, not if you're more than 200 miles south of Dundee. I'd feel terribly guilty if you came to Dundee and you actually lived in Morocco. Um, Glasgow, the 29th. I think there's a few left there, not many. Let's see, I'm running through. Newtown on the 1st of April. That's a place where there... I, I don't understand it. That that must be the only place in the world where the theatre contains more people than live in the town. Um, but there's a few... There, most of them have gone... Uh, Oh, let's see. Oh, I'm having to run through these now because Chester, I think there's a tiny number left there on the 20th. Uh, Bangor, oh, that's quite a big place. Yes, 21st of, of April, there's a few left there. And, oh, yeah, and the, the so Newcastle, 5th of May, Newcastle upon Tyne, Tyne Theatre and Opera House, where I will be obliged to sing at least 25 minutes of The Marriage of Figaro. Um uh, where else are there some tickets left? Oh, Fairfield Halls on the 26th of May. Coventry Warwick Arts Centre on the 28th of May. There's a few left at Oxford, 31st of May. The Theatre Royal in Brighton. Oh, that would be lovely. You come and have a day out. You can go walk around the lanes and buy a pink porcelain jug for 75 quid before popping in to uh, see the show. And the Hackney Empire on the 8th of June. Um, I think that's the ones with tickets left. There might be a couple more. So... There's all the announcements. Oh, you must be so pleased that you stuck through that. See, it's like it's like going to the gym. You don't want to do it, but once you've done it, 
you feel so much a fuller human being for having suffered. So there are some questions that people have sent in as ever and we're very very grateful to the questions because it's what uh, it makes it, it it makes our little lives worthwhile mark ridley on twitter asks is the easiest solution to stopping the boats crossing the channel to put the management of southern rail in charge of organizing the crossings that's a magnificent idea mark and i think that uh, i can't i think that's probably the compromise that everyone will be able to accept left and right gary lineker the uh, head of the bbc suella braverman you can <laughs> that will that will do it and these poor sods at uh, sangat at calais we apologise for the cancellation of the dinghy travelling to Dover this afternoon. Um, this is due to leakage in the air within the dinghy. Uh, we advise all refugees to wait at Platform 9 at Sangay. And, and so on and so on and so on. Or even worse, you'll get about four miles across the channel and then it will just stick there. And they'll say, uh, we apologise. This is due to um, unexpected octopus within the channel. And no one will ever get there. And it will sort of work, won't it? Because people will be, pe people be sort of expecting to come here, but won't ever get here. And uh, it will keep the racists happy and it will keep the, the liberal people happy. It, it is the, it is the answer. Um, Helen Moore, one of our Patreon supporters, says, referring to last week's conversation with Elliot about my understanding of Wi-Fi speeds and so on, uh, and uh, it was very, very funny in that, and I will, I will read this out. The IT issues reminded me that years ago, our IT unit would code some of the calls as picnic, which we found out stood for problem in chair, not in computer. In other words... <laughs> The user being the chair is an idiot. So the, the problem with the, the problem here is that the person using it is incapable of switching the bloody thing on, you know. So of which I was very much a picnic, I suppose. Needless to say, they can't say that anymore and just have to patiently tell us to turn it off and on a few times because that's the, that's the solution for all IT issues. I wonder why you can't say it's picnic now been added to the list of sort of words. I don't want to be all you know, Mike concrete about it, but is this is this another word? that we can't oh picnic you know oh I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling abused because someone I don't want to go down that road but you know what I mean is that is there something wrong with being called a picnic I wouldn't mind I'm quite pre I'd be pre I want to reclaim the word and it'd be like other words like you know like queer which I still feel very uneasy about saying but now of course that is the right word I bet that's what it's going to be like and, you know I'll be saying picnic and all older people who are useless at computers would say you shouldn't hand that to them you know no I'm picnic and proud of it she also says congratulations on winning on pointless yes thank you Helen winning on pointless one of the greatest moments in television history, competing with the moon landings, just. But um, with Shappy, I uh, we won on point. Got to the end, terribly competitive, both of us. And uh, the end, a tennis question came up, and I, I was very nervous because I thought if I don't get this right, I am going to have to go and live in a village in Greenland. Um, but 
uh, anyway, got a point. It's got two pointless answers, and then uh, uh, Marin Cilic and Mark Filipusis and Juan Martin Pil- Del Potro. One other person got that. I can only imagine that one of the people they asked in the survey was Juan Martin Del Potro. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? Now we're getting very, very close to finding out what the fuck is going on. It's taken a while and it cannot be done unless you've got the voice of the youth. Luckily, someone was bred specially in a lab 26 years and a bit ago. Elliot Steele. Hello. Hello. Uh, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on, Elliot? You, I have been receiving piles and piles of a of deflected abuse from people because you put something on social media. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so and this people are so angry about it that they're even blaming me. I don't know if they're going, why the fuck did you breed someone like this? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're getting you're getting a lot of abuse. I'm getting a lot of abuse because like, you put a joke uh, on TikTok or Instagram or something. Oh on Twitter. Twitter. About cyclists. It was about cyclists, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now, do you want to remind people what the joke was? The joke was that uh, cyclists have every right to be on the road as they have the highway code and the law of the road. But cars also have a law, and that law is Newton's third law of motion. So, you know, like, you, you are correct, but, you know, calm down. I'm yeah. on the side of cyclists have every right to be on the road. Newton's but, third law of motion being that uh, every uh, is it an equal and opposite for whatever. It is. Basically, uh, Newton's thought law of motion means that if a if a bicycle weighing what it does, even with a cyclist on it, comes into contact in a in an unhelpful way with a fucking great truck, Newton's law of motion will not work in the mm, cyclist's favour. Ninety nine out of a hundred, you have to give it to the truck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Uh, uh, you told me that before you put it on, and I thought that's a funny joke. Well, a lot of people said to me you should get your dad to help you with the material, and I was like, "Well, no, I ran what? it by him. I ran it. I ran it by him, and he said it was funny." <laughs> like, so he's just as and uh, uh, there's it's honestly, I I these I've, I I get a lot of stick on Twitter, which is fair because I talk a lot of shit, right? So that's fair enough. Like you can't. You can't do the kind of comedy I do and then complain when these things happen. That that's not fair. People are allowed to, you know, have their space to fire back at me. But the way in which they fired back is is mental. So I should uh, uh, declare an interest. In, so I would not so much nowadays, but I, although I do want to get back into it. But for many years, you know, I cycled everywhere. That's what I, uh, I got around London all, all the time, and uh, I loved it. But and I would say that in an average hour and a half journey in London, there would be one incident where I'd end up sort of like really frightened. So yeah. I know, and twice I was knocked off, but uh, by, by people who were just not looking. And so I know, I know. In fact, I used to do a joke about it, and I'm trying to remember how it went. It was because I was up at Victoria, just at the back of Victoria Station, and this massive truck pulled up right next to me. And you sort of learn you've got to make sure with a massive truck when you're at the lights, make sure they've seen you because they're fiddling about in the glove compartment for a jelly baby or something. So I'd sort of make sure I'd sort of wave or look at them. And then normally people would go, all right. But this one bloke, this truck driver, he wound the window down and he just went, I was just next to him at the lights. And he just went, I pay road tax, you pay fuck off. <laughs> and I thought, 
That's so brilliant. You've got so angry by the existence that you're probably now thinking, I was going to make an articulate point about the road funding system in this country and how it seems not fair that he doesn't have to pay even though he uses roads, be it on two wheels rather than my 40. And now I've got so animated and in a rush to get to the main point, I've got to fuck off before I've made all my points. That's his fault. But so I'm I'm very much on the side of cyclists. Nonetheless, I think your joke was on the side of cyclists. Yeah, I was saying that they have the right to be on the road, that they're morally correct. The problem is that the reason car drivers don't care is because they have this attitude because of Newton's third law of motion. They're just like, there's been like little threats of violence. There's been uh, uh, like all sorts of mad shit. We're, by which I found really funny. Like, I find it really funny because what are you so... Like, I had had one guy who goes, as I'm cycling with my children to school this morning, I'll be reminded of this routine. And I was like, you should probably be more focusing on the road and your kids than my bit. Like, you know, you you fucking lunatic. What are you doing? Why you're you're taking your kids on the road on a bike and you're thinking of my jokes. You are an awful parent. (laughs) (laughs) Did you reply to him? Did you reply to him and say that? Uh, A couple of them. A few of them I do because I find it funny. Now, see, well, there, that could I, be now funny. there, I don't, I don't agree with you there. Okay, I never but, like, like one guy, one guy, like <laughs> one guy, like sent me all this stuff about like all the horrors he's seen on the road and going Newton, Newton's third law of motion isn't so funny now, is it? And I was like, well, I didn't fucking invent it. Like I'm not the guy. Like blame Newton. I didn't. I, well, like, I'm not sure you can even invent- blame Newton. He just well, discovered it. Well, you got to blame the universe, really. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I, I didn't come up with this I did, look if I could bend the laws of physics to to fix cycling for people I would maybe after a few other things it wouldn't be top of my bend of law of physics priority but I'd probably go alright I'll make it so that like when you get hit it's like it's like moon gravity and you just sort of fly and then you land quite softly if, if you like but I I'm unfortunately not a deity in control of how force and matter works as much as I like to think I am. <laughs> so what, I don't get what they want me to do. <laughs> I have jokes. I have jokes about the Holocaust that I've done. Oh, right. No, no, that, that have stop. Got less, less fucking, no, but this is what I'm saying. It's selective outrage. Like it's people are more angry about, but people are fine with that. It, it, I do those jokes, fine. But then the minute you strike upon this thing where people see themselves as a marginalised community, in which I don't think most cyclists are. I think most cyclists just cycle to and from wherever they're going and don't make it their personality. But then some people are so so find the community and get to be part of it, see these things and generally go, you know, the best thing they could have done is ignore that is ignore that clip. That's yeah, the best well, thing they could have well, done. Yes, it, I think that, and I think outrage about you know not seeing that it's a taking it literally. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm going mm. on room room one hundred one uh, as I'm sitting here. Well, by the time this goes out, I'll have been on there. And one of the things I'm putting on it is people who just take jokes literally, and yes. so they just sort of that's disgusting, and that that sort of thing. You know, you know, I've always said, you know, so 
at Christmas, these people, someone must read out the joke in a Christmas cracker. What's what's red and sits in the corner? A naughty strawberry. That's ridiculous. A <laughs> strawberry doesn't have any feelings. It hasn't got a brain. Who wrote that? That? That's, that? That is ultimately the thing I think with this is like, they're, like I keep bringing it back to, they're part of a community they see their community is under attack and they now see it as like a, and they, and it comes an echo chamber. They're just going to talk to people who think the same thing about cycling. And they're just going to see it as, you know, they see themselves as some of these people as like, it's a civil rights movement. Now it's not a civil rights movement really, is it? It's just, you know, I think there probably should be more to help cyclists. You know, that, that is definitely a thing that we should look at. And especially as, you know, global warming starts to happen. Uh, well, as it's already started and the earth tends to heat up, probably cycling and the 15 minute city idea isn't a bad idea in theory, my problem with it is it's going to be like the economy where like the poorer people have to take on all the stuff to deal with climate change and get rid of their carbon emissions while people are still going to be allowed to fly around in private jets. So it, that's my... Around that, the that's, city. Oh, well, yeah, they do. Like <laughs> Kylie, uh, I think it was uh, Kylie Jenner got caught using her private jet to just go 15 minutes. Like, there's oh, is that what I mean by 15-minute city? <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, she did. She used it for a 15-minute journey. It's, it's just like a 15-minute city is like, ultra, you know, the ultra-low emission zone and stuff. These things are going to have to be done. But the problem is, is that it's going to be put on the majority of people while the majority of pollution is expelled by a, a small percentage of the population. Well, can I just end all of that? Thank you so much, with Vitek. Uh, so I have, uh, in Holland, for example, I know all this is a very classic liberal thing. Oh, in Holland, you know, they, they get around these things. They they get around food shortages by they've grown a giant lettuce, you know, that... That everyone just walks down to the, it's just in the middle of uh, of Eindhoven, and people just walk around and just chew as much as they can. I know there's all that, but um, but they have got all sorts of amazing sort of schemes. It's really really seen as being like a high priority and so on, and that is a brilliant thing. And I will continue to cycle when I sort of get a bit fitter, and uh, and it's brilliant cycling, and it's not good running over cyclists. No, road, road, users, road users are, <laughs> motorists are assholes about it. They, they absolutely are. And, they, and more space should be given to cyclists. But the same way, like, I should be able to walk in the woods with some bears. But if one of the bears fucking eats me, like, I, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that happens when you go walking in woods with bears because bears that was don't Newton's give a fourth law yeah, of motion. Bears don't give fuck a fuck. Me, there's a bear. I'm not going in there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it, and if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, absolutely, definitely crawl around the mud in the local woods scouring the innermost thoughts and emotions tear yourself apart with ignominious indignity to express the words that you are thinking as you consider not being bothered to write the review if there's anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it please send a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod and we will look at every message that you send. If you wish to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free, ad-free, extended versions for as little as £2 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on?
was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Jason Manford and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Pete Sinclair. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell. What the fuck is going on was brought to you by WTF Productions. 